0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. And. Welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Fernando Friday, August 2nd. My name, of course, as always, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out a follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have been doing some tweets all over the place lately. It's getting crazy out here, folks. I am so excited to get into today's episode, and I hope you enjoyed the new intro. Uh, by the way, for the episode, the new intro you're gonna have from now on. I felt like it was now a good enough time to debut it, I guess. Um, so yeah, today gonna be just talking about uh, last night's unbelievable, miraculous, scintillating, extravagant bonanza of fantastical wonder. <laughs> That was the uh, the Padres defeating the Cardinals by a score of eleven to nine, and then just going to be looking a little bit he- ahead forward uh, and talking about some of my thoughts about the upcoming game and just some other you know questions I have uh, for tonight's game, I guess. So yeah, let's get into it, guys. Last night, like I said, the Padres won eleven to nine. First, let's start up let's let's start off with the, the starting pitching. That's kind of the boring part, right? Just a comp between Zach Davies and Adam Wainwright. Davies, he only went two innings, giving up four runs on five hits, walking one and striking out. three three, one of those big hits was a home run to Colton Wong, who, uh, checks notes, only had like one home run all season long, so that was totally unexpected, uh, but Adam Wainwright wasn't necessarily that much better, he went three and a thirds, giving up six hits, but only two runs on those six hits, which was uh, unfortunate on our part, as usual, the uh, as seen in the, I shouldn't say as usual, but in, as saw in the first game, the Padres failed to kind of execute with runners in scoring position uh, a lot you know what I mean, over the course of the game one, and people were talking about it. there. There was a stat at the bottom of the ticker on ESPN because they love just bringing this up, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Tatis had like 10 people on base. He left 10 people on base. Uh, in total, I believe the Padres were something like 0 for 4, or Tatis was 0 for 4, I should say, with runners in scoring position. Of course, let's just talk about what – like, let's just – can we just get into it? Are you guys okay if I just kind of skip – the whole everything that happened. First of all, I want to say one thing, though. Uh, Padres' bullpen. Considering that we needed a great Davies start, I think they did pretty all right, man. I mean, Pierce Johnson came in, who, as I've been mentioning, kind of one of the more underrated, I think we've been noticing, one of the more underrated pitchers, I think, that we've had in our bullpen for the last like month or so. Same thing goes for Moron. Uh, he goes one and a one in third innings, giving up no runs or anything like that. Like I said, Pierce Johnson, same thing, except he got two strikeouts. Um, Austin Adams, you know, he ends up giving up a run, and Matt Strom ends up giving up a run. Those are guys that went yesterday. They kind of labored through. Garrett Richards only got one out, uh, but that was on three pitches, which makes sense considering, and we're going to talk about this later, some of their plans possibly for today's game. Uh, Emilio Pagan, who was without a doubt the most the scariest. When I saw him come in, I'm like, oh boy, here is Pagan. You know, he's been blowing for stress all year, but he didn't this time. And in fact, he gives up a hit, but it wasn't, re- I mean, Trent Grisham makes a mistake, and I've been talking about how I think Grisham's a great center fielder, but I, you know I did bring up he has made some mistakes before, so we shouldn't. I think that we should calm down with things saying that he's excellent defensively. I just think that he's good. I think he he's pretty good um, and definitely fills in. But he wasn't the only one who made an error, so I don't want to only you know uh, go on him. I know it wasn't counted as an error, but still he still should have caught that it bounced off his glove uh, completely. So I still think he should have caught it. Um, Tommy Pham made like a just a, a lackadaisical. Unbelievable error uh, early on in the game, which was just dreadful to see. Um, bounces off his glove as routine of a foul, uh, a pop up as you can get. He makes a mistake. So defense, not our specialty uh, during this game. You know, I know that Paul DeJong had a bad throw at one point. Tatis. For us, had a bad uh, throwing point in the end by kind of like in the what was it top of the eighth or whatever it was. Um, that ends up leading to another run, of course, off the sack flies. But still, uh, Padres end up getting the W. But in terms of the pitching, aside from the defense, let's talk about the offense, guys. It's been talked about. People are talking about you know when you build baseball teams, one of the things that happens is we've seen that sometimes your offense goes cold come playoff time when you build your offense based off of power and all that. It's, this is what can happen sometimes, you know, but tonight was an exception to that, as they managed to score, they managed to get walks with the bases loaded, but still, even that, you know, you're still worried, because they're like, can we get a hit, Tatis strikes out with the bases loaded, same thing with Trent Grisham, by the way, so let's not all put it all on Tatis, Uh, it was Trent Grisham as well, Um, it was nice to see Profar, um, come into this game as, you know, by the way, low-key pretty good Uh, player for the, the Padres in the postseason so far has been Tommy Pham, who goes four for five last night with basically all singles, um, or well, three singles and a double, I should say. I forgot one was a double. I forgot about that. Um, he's been low-key pretty good. He's actually batting 667 so far for the postseason, so he's actually been pretty great. The worst one is probably been Eric Hosmer, who's batting 111. He only gets one hit this game. Uh, same thing for Austin Nola, and Jake Cronenworth has been kind of a little bit up and down, drawing some walks, getting some strikeouts but still he's been okay the biggest thing with him has been the, the the running errors I feel like I'm just talking all over the place guys sorry if I'm not as organized I'm just so excited I mean last night was just unbelievable but let's let's get to it um the big moment that really happens comes in the mod- the bottom of the six as they bring in Giovanni Gallegos um, after you know, we've got Austin Nola and Jake Cronenworth on first and second, and then Tatis homers to deep left. The team loses their mind. All of a sudden, we're only down by one run. The team's losing it and whatnot, and it was just so exciting to see because I was worried because I'm like, oh man, you know the Skip Bayless types of the world are gonna be like, hey, you know this Tatis guy well, word did He didn't show up, so let's calm down with the best player in baseball and superstar and all that. You know that. That's how people tend to react to those things. But, but, this time he does manage to come up huge, man. And it was just, it was one of those moments, I'm jumping around my room, I'm super excited. Or not in my room, this is like the, the living room. I was with my mom watching the game. And then comes, in my opinion, one of the more underrated moments of the night. And it's not the home run by Manny Machado. Don't get me wrong, it is the home run, but at the same time it isn't. It's on the the 2-2 pitch, he takes a high, a fastball high um, and away from the plate, uh, takes that, it becomes a full count. And Manny, right after that, and I, I tweeted about this before, and I'm sure a lot of people did too, he was like, "No." Nope. Uh-huh, uh, nope, get that out of here. Get that you-know-what out of here. Like, the cockiness. I was like, oh, he's so cocky. I was like, bro, you better guess something, though. You know what I mean? You might get roasted if you out here, like, kind of make it a little bit of a thing about how there's no way you were going to chase after that pitch, and then you strike out or grab out or whatever, but he was feeling it. It's amazing how much the Padres, after that Tatis home run, just were back in. It felt like they were all, I'm not going to say uninterested, as some of the broadcasters would say. I'm just gonna. They were sapped. They were frustrated, they were out of energy and they're trying to control it. Because I've been like that too. I'm a person who, when I get frustrated, I'm the type of person who just goes quiet. You know what I mean? I'm not a aggressor type. I, I, I like maybe shout once and then I leave. And then I go, and sometimes I don't even shout when I'm in public, whenever I'm, I'm frustrated about things. I usually just sit. And then if you talk to me, Believe me, I'll try to be patient, but I talk, and that's kind of the vibe that I got from the Padres. Not uninterested, you know what I mean, or or dead in or anything like that. Just sapped of their energy and just kind of just, just out of it. They know that they're in a funk and it's frustrating, right? And then Manny Machado, for him to take that pitch, and be all like, oh, please, you know? <laughs> like, it was just amazing to see. And then he smacks a home run to... Deep to left field, uh, 395 feet, but it was a rocket. You know, the exit velocity on that thing was over the top. It w- it was amazing, and I think his was actually e- almost even more hyped than Tatis. I-, I know that sounds crazy, but it just felt like the back to back. You know, and for him to, you know, he's pumping his chest. He it was kind of almost the same gestures he made in the grand slam walk off. You know what I mean? Manny Machado is freaking back. He is so amped, and I can tell. And I-, I saw some reports. Jace Tingler's talked about this. I've seen some stories in. the the tribune and for the athletic and people talking about these two really do seem to play off each other. They seem to challenge each other and it seems like Manny's just like this guy is a friggin' stud and he's motivating me and I'm motivating him. It's it's really becoming one of those things where it's just the the, the duo the best corner infield in baseball, potentially. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's uh, we're kind of dealing with here. At least, at least in the top, right? At least, you can maybe say Lindor and Ramirez, but I, I might take these two ahead of them. Um, and that was incredible. Hosmer grounds out. <laughs> As my friend Ryland Styles, who uh, you guys heard on the show the other day, he was mentioning, you know. Uh, back to normalcy after Eric Cosmer grounded out. Because literally right before this guy, so I got to give a shout to Riley Styles. he meshes the group chat and he was like, you know what, Javi, I'm sorry I jinxed the, the Padres. Uh, I'm rooting for the Cardinals now. And then literally that's when the bottom of the sixth started and then the Padres came back. So it was really just a super fun moment. Um, then you get the Will Myers homer, which gives us the lead seven to six, which was great. And then, of course, Austin. they get to walk. Jay Croner Oh by the way I didn't even mention Tommy Pham hits that that double that I mentioned earlier and it was a deep double I thought that one was out too You know what I mean? And Profar, basically, for the first time, doesn't really get that nice little single that we needed. So that's the end of the inning. But still, I thought that Tommy Pham hit was out. And I was about to lose my mind. Like I said, most underrated offensive performer so far for the Potters. He's just been getting on base and getting sharp singles. So we're seeing what we want to see in the regular season from Tommy Pham right now. But like I said, bottom seven, Will Myers hits a solo shot. That was great. He's pubbed. And then Fernando Tatis Jr., the one everyone's going to be talking about after we get an Austin Dola walk. Uh... I mean it's I mean everyone's gonna be talking about it the bat flip the bat flip heard around the world you know what I'm saying and what happens he he he, he doesn't even it's not even about the bat flip it was about him mean mugging his own bench you know what I mean he, like he did this against the Dodgers like I said a lot of Dodgers, kind of reminder in terms of the swagger, in terms of the hype from some of their players, from Machado, you know what I mean, and, or Machado's was against the Rangers, actually, so my bad, maybe not entirely the same, but uh, he had that one against, and then he looked at that dugout, like they stole, like somebody said something bad about his mother, you know what I mean, Fernando Tatis, with the second home run of the game, he was like, I don't want to hear nothing about people saying I will come up in the clutch because I know that's what people are going to be talking about. And then, of course, you know, top eight is when things get a little bit dicier after a throwing error um, by Tatis, which I don't even think was actually scored that way, but it ends up leading to two sacrifice flies, which wasn't great, a score of nine to eight. But thank God, you know, the next inning, uh, bottom eight, Jerickson Profar gets a single, and then Will Myers homers again to deep left center guys, which results in this crazy stat, which is that um, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Will Myers, they're the second pair of teammates ever to each have two home runs in a postseason game. You know who the last ones were that did that? How about these guys? Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in the 1932 World Series. How nuts is that? The first pair of teammates to hit two home runs in a postseason game. The last time that happened was back in 1932. That's wild. Are you in good company? Oh, heck yes. And Will Myers and Fernando Tatis, almost two completely different type of personalities, which, very similar, if you guys have read up on Babe Ruth and kind of Lou Gehrig, the babe, you know, he's Mr. Hollywood. Well, Lou Gehrig wasn't necessarily like that, a lot more quieter and whatnot, and is, is my favorite of all the old-time Yankees, if I had to, to pick one anyway, if you guys just want to know into mine. My favorite sports quote of all time if you guys are curious and that's why I love seeing this stat about Tatis and Will Myers for them to bring up Gehrig uh is I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth I get choked up just thinking about that quote here's a man who's going to go down the hall of fame incredible baseball player and he's you know his his life is about to be cut short despite living a great life and he gets up there and says I'm the luckiest person in the world you know what I mean like I that that that's just that's my favorite sports quote ever uh, but then, of course, we get into the bot- the top of the ninth, and some people might be frustrated because Rosenthal did give up a run the other day, but, you know, using him on back-to-back days like that, after he kind of labored a little bit uh, through the game the other day, especially because he did, you know, walk some guys or whatnot, he ends up um, giving up that long, you know, just absolute shot to Paul Goldschmidt, which was like, all right, that sucks, but thank God for that Will Myers home run, right? So he hits a shot um, to deep left center, and then Dylan Carlson walks, the bane of my existence with all the defensive plays he's been making, and then Molina, of course, Puerto Rican power! But still, uh, I didn't want to see him get a single there, but he singles, and then Tyler O'Neill, you know, comes to pinch a run for him, but then Paul DeJong, thankfully, he pops out, and then Matt Carpenter, huge, huge strikeout on that just unbelievable sinker breaking ball, which was like a sucker pitch that was really bold. Uh, I don't think people talk about this enough. Uh, really bold pitch decision for Rosenthal there for you to throw something in the dirt when you could potentially walk another guy and have you know bases loaded. So really like an unbelievably uh, gutsy call by Noel at home plate, whatever, whoever decided, yes, let's do that. Uh, it ended up working though, so it worked out this time, but a really risky pitch, I must say. Um, and then Dexter Fowler grounds, that, that's the end of the game. Look. There's so much to talk about here, guys, and I'm going to keep talking to you about it, this unbelievably incredible game that just satisfies at every level. But you know what else is super satisfying, guys, Built Bar, that's right, transition, sorry I hate to do it to you guys, but look, I'm um, om nom 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 nom, you know, I'm like Pac-Man, Waka Waka, that's how I feel when I hear about Bilt Bars, man, I just want to Waka Waka and run around the maze and eat those things like they're power pellets, you know what I mean, god, this is already off to a terrible start, but anyways, uh, guys, I don't know if you heard, but Bilt Bar, one of my favorite things is that they've got 12 original flavors, coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, milk, mint brownie, salty caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter, brown brownie flavors in there that I typically don't like but I like them as built bars and they're super tasty they're 100% chocolate uh, super soft and easy to chew and they've got six new flavors coming in guys check this out caramel brownie cookies and cream oh oh, oh! Uh, cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and apple almond crisp daddy oh, that's amazing, isn't it? Uh, But, yeah, guess what? That's not all, guys. Not only do they have all these six flavors, they've got a deal just for our listeners for this awesome relaunch. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off, guys, at BuiltBar.com. And you can even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. So check that out. They just got everything going for you. Check it out. Remember, promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Woo! And now, guys, let's, let's let's keep the momentum going and talk about this. Last night's game, and I, I mean, I tweeted a lot, and everyone had a lot of great commentary and all this stuff. I actually saw the Astros, some Astros rant page that was complaining Um about all the bat flips, I saw him tweeting about it this morning, and I, I, like, whatever, ignore those guys, you know what I mean, they're, they're whack, they're complaining about, you know, I can't stand this Padres team, you know what I mean, they're, they're, this Tatis guy, you know, all these bat flips and whatnot, you know, and I'm like, y'all hilarious, you the Astros, y'all cheated, really? Y'all cheated? And you're going to talk about us complaining because we have bat flips because we're winning? Get the heck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, the, it's just, just stop it. You know what I mean? So, all the people complaining about the bat flips, I'm not even going to give them the time of the day right now on today's podcast. Today's podcast is about one of celebration. You know what I mean? It's about celebrating and being excited, and that was the most exciting playoff game I think I've ever seen. I talked about the, uh, I, I'd say that, uh, what another one that's up there, but I must admit it was just because of my surroundings. I talked about that Yankee game I went to. Being surrounded by Yankee fans, it was fun, it was last year, it was the Astros uh, Yankees game, and seeing DJ LeBehu on this like 3-2 count, hitting that home run, he's not even a super home run hitter, uh, tying the game, and everyone in the bar just losing their buy, drinks going everywhere, liquids flying in the air it was super fun, it's like that video if you guys have seen, um, of like it's like an overhead kind of view of someone almost like in the balcony almost, inside this bar, and then all of them seeing something on TV, it's kind of like a meme now and then they all lose their minds after something happens on the TV, I forgot what it is that the original i only know it for the meme but uh it was kind of like that uh this experience for mine it's one of the greater playoff moments i can remember in baseball i mean it was just absolutely nuts to be a part of it and you know it's funny because for most of the game and i gotta call some people out i gotta call out my friend drew who said man i turned the game off after the the colton Wan home run you know what i mean i turned it off i couldn't take it right i understand flipping the channel for a second because you don't want to see him maybe round the bases or whatever but all these people say, hey, well, looking forward to 2021, right? I'm on to you. Never give up, guys. I don't care what it is in life. I don't care what it. You just can't. Don't you want to be known as the guy or gal? Of course, you got to be gender inclusive. <laughs> uh, that, you know, everything was against them. And then they just came back anyway. You got it. You just you got to do that, man. You just you got to try. And I know it's not easy for everybody, so I don't want to judge anybody who doesn't. But my advice, man, just, just try your best and Try yourself with good people, like the Padres have. Just such an amazing team, such a embracing team of this culture. And like I said earlier, when I was talking with John Gennaro, a lot of different personalities. It's not just fun. It's different. It's the goofiness of Will Myers. It's kind of the the profile being that ultimate like wingman hype man. He's the type of guy that you want as your best man at your wedding you know what I'm saying Uh, he's not necessarily the star but he's coming up clutch and he's the guy who's there for you and you've got people like Eric Hosmer this this leader almost vet you know what I mean in there Manny Machado and Tatis is these explosive um, you know dancing all the time in the dugout and then what I what I loved about the game too is Tatis's focus by the way like, after that error, I think, and just in general, he wasn't even, like, smiling. He was like, I want to win this game. I do not care unless we win this game. I love the intensity. He looked like he struck out, actually, like four times. That's how he looked like, despite being the guy who was basically the hero of the game. He was so frustrated. Man, I am, I don't know if you guys can tell, man. What It was just such a great night. Even the, I just want to shout out, because I would do this during the commercials. Even that Jets-Broncos game was pretty good. Just throwing it out there. And I had it on my phone, too, uh, playing. And I was like, even that Jets-Broncos game, that was supposed to be a radioactive dump of, you know, toxic waste ended up being like a pretty exciting game. Shout out to the Jets' defense getting me eight points, by the way. Um, It Could have been better. You know what I mean? You got three interceptions and one for a touchdown, and you only got me eight points. That's that's when you know, you know, you gave up. It wasn't the best performance. But still, shout out to the Jets Um, (laughs) on this Padres podcast. But it was really just... It was one of those moments and a lot of people are going to be talking about. It. I've seen Jeff Passan pieces, Hannah Kaiser pieces on all this, right? Just a team that's been heralded as the saviors of baseball in a lot of ways and it's true, it's accurate. But let's let's just, you know, before we get ahead of ourselves and I have to say guys, you know, it's going to be the weekend so you won't get a podcast or Actually, maybe I, I'll think I might give you guys a bonus on Saturday, depending on where I am and if I have time to. I uh, might give you guys a bonus podcast if maybe if the Padres win. So let's look forward to that. But you know, it's going to be a tough thing coming up right now because we're going up against the Cardinals in this game three, and they've got Jack Flaherty on the mound. Who you know, some people are freaking out and they're saying, "Hey, remember that they have Jack Flaherty coming at us." But I guess if there is one positive, it's that he hasn't been so great this year with a four point nine one ERA and a whip of 1.215. But it should be mentioned, despite his not so great season, just an up and down season, honestly, in general for the Cardinals anyway, seems like Flaherty never could really get back into it coming off of his, like, you know, bo- like finishing top five in Cy Young voting last year. Um, just a, a reminder of what he did to us last year, uh, the one time he did go against the Pirates, he went five innings giving up six hits, but no runs, two walks, and then six strikeouts, which is a pretty good performance, not giving up any runs. So he has faced us at least to an extent before, and he was excellent last year. So so I'm not saying that this is like doom and gloom. This isn't, it's not like we're going up against Clayton Kershaw tomorrow. You know what I mean? No, no, no ace of the postseason, but still, it's still a good pitcher. And let's remember that despite the down year, he's still got the talent for it. But hey, if I'm going to rag on Paddock and say how he hasn't been good basically all season long, you know, Flaherty does deserve a little bit of blame. You know, he hasn't been perfect, so maybe, hopefully, like it carried into the postseason with Chris Paddock, hopefully we can hit on Flaherty a little bit. But the bigger problem is not Jack Flaherty. That's not the bigger problem. The bigger issue is who the heck is going to pitch for the Padres. You know, they haven't announced who is going to be the starting pitchers just yet. I can imagine it's somewhere between Adrian Morone and Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards might be the guy that gets the call, considering he's only he only went for one out yesterday and only three pitches too. So I'm hoping that maybe that's the guy they end up using. But the problem is the rest of the bullpen. The rest of the bullpen has been used up, including Pomerantz and Rosenthal. You know, c- kind of our best guys. I know Rosenthal has been a little bit shaky, uh, but still, you know, kind of our best guys are gone. Even Pierce Johnson, probably not expecting too much from, but I can imagine it's a Richards more own thing. But I do pitch this idea, though, and I'm not, and this isn't an original ideal, but I wonder if the Padres might think of an ultimate bold, you know, sh- freaking freak out type of thing. I wonder if they're thinking. Call up McKenzie McGin- Gore. Let's make his debut now, because they might have to. Because if Garrett Richards isn't, isn't, you know, isn't good, and he gets plunked early then who the heck are you going to use? It's going to become this thing where the Pirates have used so much of their pitching because of the poor outings from both Davies and Chris Paddock that I'm wondering if they might be thinking about it. He was practicing with the team the other day, so I can imagine that they might think about it. Same thing goes for Patino. Actually, uh, the latter of the two, I don't know if exactly if he was at the alternate training site, but I know that they're on that secondary roster thing. I'm not entirely sure of how the, the roster rules work, but hopefully you know, we can we can hopefully hope that maybe Mackenzie Gore gets called up, maybe just by sheer fact of being new, and them not being used to him, top pitching prospect in baseball, maybe he can do something against the Cardinals. But we'll have to see, guys. I'm recording this early in the morning. No word yet on the game because it's the only time I have to record. Uh, so hopefully we'll have to look forward to it. But I will say this, guys, regardless of what happens, regardless if Mackenzie Gore is, is called up, if he isn't called up, whatever, if the Padres lose tonight, I just want to say it's still been a blast, and I'm happy that at least we went down swinging. At least we had that one glorious playoff moment. At least I saw all the Padres fans losing their minds in the park. Parking lots at some of the tailgates or whatever. Shout out to the people posting that on social. That was so much fun. Uh, shout out to Chargers Nerd Daniel who tagged me yesterday and was saying, hey, you know, this is a great win for me and it reminds me of when I watched with my grandmother and all these things and it was my first playoff win scene since that. It was It was really great and just an overall just incredible moment. And basically, this podcast was about me gushing about the Padres. It was me being excited about this team that I'm going to be covering and just just being a fan of. You know what I mean? Just being a fan of this team that's really brought a lot of excitement back to baseball. And if I hear any of you, you Tony Kornhazer. You're on note because Lord knows I imagine he's going to have a bad take again, which really disappointed me because he's usually not the type that has the same type of bad takes anymore, but I was really mad that he came out on the wrong side of the Tatis 3-0 thing. But uh, anyways, I've been talking too much, guys. Looking forward to the rest of the day. Hopefully, by the end of the day... The Padres are moving on to face the L.A. Dodgers uh, in the NLDS series. We'll have to see. I'm going to be binging one piece after I get off work. But uh, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter at LO underscore Padres and at Peno. And if you guys would do me such a favor, maybe in celebration of such a a five star game of that was last night's playoff game, well, maybe send the podcast some some five star reviews. I'd really appreciate that so much. And until next time, stay safe and always, no matter what, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care. Let's go.